hit the record button and we are good to go. Welcome all to Not Just Dribble. I'm your host, Eric Stein, and today, back again, Cody Cronin. Welcome back, man. I'm back like I never left. Back like you never left, because we haven't left, folks. Spoiler (laughs) alert, we haven't gone anywhere. Uh, We are back to talk our Eastern Conference All-Stars, and I let it off with the Western Conference All-Stars last episode. I got to say, I love the East this year, man. Yeah, it. Um, so we've lived. So te- 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 can I call you Texas? Yeah. Spoiler alert. Uh, go by Texas. I'll have a few friends on that will only and refuse to address me by any other pseudonym. So I, I, yeah, Texas it will exist here. I kind of just stuttered my face off right there, just trying to be formal with this. So, just to be known, me and Texas are both twenty five, twenty six, and for for most of our basketball watching lives, it's been Western Conference, Western Conference, Western Conference. And the last like two years, like we've seen this kind of, you know, slew of young talent come out of the East, probably because they sucked for so long and they got the opportunity to draft well for about half a decade under LeBron. So yeah, now we got some like good players coming out, and a lot of the All Stars that we're looking at are sub twenty five. So that's also really promising and fun. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of youth injected, I think, in this all-star class. Uh, some familiar faces. Uh, I think there's, you know, we have a few obvious selections uh, because the East is a little top-heavy. But I-, I love the talent, and I got to say the wild-card selection this time around was difficult, to yeah. say the least. Yeah, and in the Western Conference, like if you check the end of that episode, we kind of were left with kind of DeJounte Murray as our person if we both agreed on a guy that we left off the page but after that they texas throughout desmond bain i don't think i ever could give desmond bain the respect of calling him an all-star at least just yet so honorable mention honorable mention but but with that being said it's just like okay like a decent if we're at the point where we're talking decent three and d wings it's like okay why aren't we talking andrew uh, wiggins all right well that's true andrew wiggins is deserving of an honorable mention i suppose i dishonored him by not calling him an honorable mention with that said, Desmond Bain, however, is so much more than just a good 3-and-D wing. But we are not here to talk Desmond Bain. I do not need to hop on my soapbox. We've got our Eastern Conference All-Stars. Let's start off with our two guards, our backcourt, which could have changed in the past few weeks. I thought it was obvious, but now I expect to hear some different lists. So, Cody, why don't you start us off? Trey and James. Trey and James. Harden. Yeah, Um. I did, sir, because it is a little bit different for me. Okay. So, Trey Young, uh, we agree upon. I still have DeMar DeRozan as my starting guard. Can't do it. I can't do it. The guards for that team have been Lonzo and and Zach Levine. And And Caruso, truth be told. Well, half the time, well, those between those four players – like, their main lineup out there, it, like, if the Bulls need to go get a win, there's, like, seven minutes left, and it's, like, a five-point game either way. Right. It goes Lonzo, Caruso, then you got Levine, DeRozan, DeRozan and Vucevic. Okay, so... So, you got DeRozan's playing the four half the time in the fourth quarter when he's being the best player in the league. Right, and he was... Unfortunately, he was a small forward, mostly power forward uh, with San Antonio. Um, so, wait, is Harden making... This starting backcourt because DeRozan is not a, a two guard anymore. So a few things that I re- yeah yeah essentially so a few okay. things I recognized when I go- went to my list was a I wasn't going to make it such a popularity contest like I tried to avoid 
at the best I could the NBA All Star like website because it just has like mm. you can sort by fantasy points on there. You know what yeah, I mean? Is, yeah. So so it's just like I wanted to actually do re- good research, find the best halfway season, like halfway part all NBA players, and just like say, all right, go for that. I'll try to break them up by conference and leave it at that. Um. So with that being said, the other thing that I was strict about, which I was more strict about than the games played because of COVID protocols being crazy right now, was, you know, positions. Like, let's actually be honest to the positions they are because some players get left off because of the position. For instance, DeJounte Murray, obviously a point guard, obviously 6'3", obviously a facilitator, but I mean, like, he plays defense like a wing. He plays defense like a like – a, he rebounds like a big. Okay. Jokic, uh, you know, is – more or less the playmaker of that team he gets the ball inbounded to him like 60 70 percent of the time now like why can't we call him a point guard we're we're, he's taking up a front court spot at that point Mm. you know like deandre ayton jordy gobert none of the centers none of the three centers on my bench for the western (laughs) conference all-stars because i had three of them are out there made to facilitate because they have good point guards that play with them or decent point guards that play with them and so, like, that's where I'm just at. Like, okay, unless we're just going to just stop lying to ourselves and go completely positionless, just what are the 13 or 12 best players from each conference? Let's get them on there because we we're not going to short our bigs anyway. Like, let's do that. But if we're not going to lie to ourselves and say this is completely positionless, let's be honest and say that DeRozan's not a guard. And with that being said, James Harden should be a starter. Okay. Well, I'm very much looking forward to uh, forward to your letter, your strongly worded letter to the NBA. Uh, I can't wait to see M Silver read that live on Twitter or something. Yeah. Well, um, that'll be great. They change the All Star game every year anyway, so why don't they do it for me? Why don't they do it for me? <laughs> well, well, that should and, be the title of the episode. And, why don't and, they do it for me? And I was actually on the websites because, I, like I said, I tried to avoid it, but I was on the what the All Star vote and and Drozen is being voted in as a guard. Right. I mean, that's just it. Like. If they're not going to change it, I mean, I'm going to vote him where he has to be voted. And DeRozan is very much still worthy of being all-star starter this year. Even if he was a forward, you can – nah. If he's a forward, You can't make sure. the argument. It's a different you story. You can't make the argument. It's a different story if he's a forward. Because the front court is the same for both of us. It's Kevin, Giannis, and Embiid. That's that is not correct. Que- that's not questionable. Three locks. Yeah. I mean, you had three or four in the West. You had three or four – and the or three in the east. I well, I think Trey Young's a lock. Do you think Trey Young's a lock? I th- I think for most, I I think people earlier again maybe go back a month when the Bulls were red hot. Still, right? People probably would have said Levine and DeRozan. Uh, I think Trey, despite the Hawks' struggles, Trey himself has not really struggled. So. I gotta reward him. I mean, he's arguably the second best point guard in the league. He's ar- I mean, like I said this last year when the Sixers were getting bumped by them, I was like, I think Trey Young is the best passer in the NBA. Yeah, you did. I, that, you're still ranking Jokic over Embiid, so that was fun hearing Jokic that. Jokic over Embiid, yeah. I I think Trey Young Jokic isn't already the best passer in the league. Jokic might be the best passer in the I think league. He is, but. You think you think what you think he is? I think that Trey Young's just has these physical abilities. That is, I'm not seven foot and look like Shrek, 
So I'm able to get to certain spots on the court that commits the defense Why in certain the Jokic ways. Why the slander? It's, I'm just saying that Jokic is seven foot, looks like Shrek, so he's not able to Does get to parts of the look court. like Shrek. He can't suck Jokic in the is defense. a handsome gentleman. He's the furthest thing from handsome. You're That's disrespectful. No, okay, listen, I'm not, I'm not going to talk into a, a Jokic beauty contest. The one joke I will allow on this program is the fact Jokic looks like he plays in sandals, the way yeah. he moves his feet. Yeah. However... I'm not gonna like take a jab at the man's looks. You're just afraid of his his brothers. That's what yeah, exactly. this is. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> wink, wink. The Jokic <laughs> brothers have a podcast too, and it's the talk shit about you, Texas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're not giving out addresses here uh, um, for a reason. But no, he's just Jokic is a phenomenal passer by ability and by vision and by intelligence right. and decision making. But he physically cannot. You know, sprint around a baseline, do a hop step, gather in the uh, the both the corner defenders, and do like some whipping pass pass people. Like he can't physically. I'll tell you what, I think he can, except the sprint part. Yeah. Well, Outside of that, I think he can do everything you just said. Well, speed matters when it comes to like getting to your place and committing defenders sure. and making that decisions. And I think when it comes to that, Trey Young's got a, a, an edge on him. And I mean, we could talk about Luca. We could talk about a lot of great passers Bron in the and NBA. Paul, Bron, Paul, but I, I would say Trey Young for now. Okay, but but like, is he a lock? I don't know because he also is a liability defensively, and that's this I feel like the biggest question mark. This is true. So James Harden's not a lock, though. James Harden's not a lock. Uh, I, I mean, the name I've been calling DeRozan all season has been Demar to closer. Yeah, because he is the guy that closes out Chicago Bulls games, and if it was not for Embiid, uh, he is the best fourth quarter scorer, and I mean, like statistically speaking. Uh, so I got to give DeRozan a lot of shine. Uh, he has been steadfast with Levine, and some people have argued, well, why is Levine not starting? He's putting up, like, damn near the same numbers as DeRozan. I just think DeRozan has been given more responsibility in the fourth and has made the most of it. So that's, like, the slim, like, edge I can give. If Levine was a better defender or a better playmaker this year, then he'd have an argument. But DeRozan has filled that void completely. And Levine's been a great teammate and pro about it, but I can't give him an all-star starting nod. I can't go Levine over James Harden, and because of that, I can't have him as a guard. If if I recognize DeMar DeRozan as a guard, would I have him over James Harden? Let me think about it, probably. Um, it, here's, here's my one yeah. argument against James Harden, but it's also a compliment. To me, Harden is not 100% yet. No, and I don't think he will be because he's the shape he is. Um I mean, coming right out of COVID in December, he had like four straight games where he looked amazing. Uh, And listen, the guy's not scoring really well. He's not getting to the line. This rule affected him, you know, his style of play. He's gotten better, but yeah, he looked horrendous at the start of the year. He looked terrible, and for that reason, his scoring numbers are down. But he's still averaging like seven, eight rebounds, seven, eight assists, and he's... Close to 10 assists, yeah. And the Nets, I mean, let's, let's not get it twisted. The Nets are... They're one of the three best teams in the league, and I mean I know, or the Eastern Conference at least. I know the Bulls had the first spot for a while. The Nets took it. Uh, Milwaukee's right there again. Of course, you know, yeah. Miami. Miami's my, right there. Yeah, they're healthy. So, like, but with that being said, like, I, let's hate on James Harden as much as we can because I do. <laughs> but I'm gonna start him as an All Star because the league is still. He is still that prominent figure in the league, I think. Okay. All right. Well, I do not hate James Harden 
let it, the record be known. I'm just not having him as an all-star, star, all-star starter. However, the two guys we have talked around, uh, I presume, at least, I can let me speak for myself. Zach Levine, James Harden are my two starting guard. Excuse me, two guards off of the bench. My goodness, why was that so difficult to say? Uh, do we? Con- do you concur? So, well, with James Harden being my starting lineup, my next guard off the bench is Zach Levine. And I don't consider DeMar DeRozan a guard, so he is my like my first forward off the bench, if I would. Okay, um, okay, but since he has to be voted as a guard, I can't do that. Oh, gee, it's I against can't. my. It's a, he doesn't play guard. Like if you look at the percentage of time that he's played guard this year, it's like less than like ten percent. Like, I I know. Uh, however, we are using what the NBA has given us. So for that, I've got Zach Levine. And I've got James Harden. I understand the campaigns for both as starters, I, but we've already laid out why uh, Young and DeRozan are ahead of these guys. So, would you have Levine and DeRozan here? Do you have both Chicago Bulls here? Okay, I have a lot of guard forwards, guys, so we can sit here and play this game. Oh, boy. Okay. So, yeah, sure. But okay, so is DeRozan on... Your bench. hundred percent. Okay. hundred percent. Again, my argument is he should be starting, but I'm convinced he's not a guard and there's too many forwards. Okay. Okay. Understood. So I presume then you have Levine off your bench and then who is your other guard? My other guard straight off the bench? Yes. We're, okay. Fred Van Vliet. Oh, wow. Okay. Not a wild card. He's a guard. Good. Okay. Respect. Steals, deflections, minutes per game. He leads the league. Minutes, I think total minutes he leads the league. Yeah. Uh, his plus minus this year is like 128. The next closest Raptor. Not not the Raptor stat yeah, that yeah, I yeah, love. Yeah, yeah. The next closest. Oh, the Raptor tru- stat does like Van Vliet this year a lot. Uh, yeah, yeah, it yeah. does. Yeah, 538. We've been on it. Um, He, I, I, the next closest I think is Siakam and he's in like the 60s or 70s right. so like the the measurable of like on-court presence that that like Van Vliet brings as a positive is oh, no it's off ridiculous. the it's off the charts and that's why he plays 38 minutes per game and he's okay doing it and yeah. he's healthy and and his numbers are fantastic it's his best year and uh, yeah no I yeah, Van Fleet. Everybody keeps talking. It's like, oh, Van Fleet might be an all star. He should be an all star. He should. No, I think he just straight up is. Yeah, we should. We should just be talking about it. Like, Van Fleet is an all star. Let's stop having a question mark at the end of the sentence. Yeah, I feel like we've had too much of that with a couple of these players because we don't see them in this position before. But the truth of the matter is, it's like, you know. We don't have Carmelo Anthony out here for the Knicks dropping X amount of points per game anymore. You know, we don't have, like, this isn't 2013, 2014 anymore. Like, the league is different. Like, right. there's new faces. There's new players. A lot of players are hurt. A lot of players are in the West now. Um, a lot of players are old and kind of has-beens. Like, it's just, oh it's it's a new, it's a new era. And we got to start accepting that some of these guys are going to be there. And Van Fleet definitely deserves to be there without a question. I like it. I like it. Okay. Uh, so moving on to our backup forwards slash centers. Uh, All right. got DeMar DeRozan in there. Okay. So that's where DeRozan goes for you. I have Jimmy Butler. I have Jason Tatum, begrudgingly, uh, and Jarrett Allen. And that that is my three forwards. So – I played the whole he hasn't played enough games thing with Paul George, and I left him off my list. 
I didn't do that with Jimmy Butler, though, and I kept <laughs> Jimmy Butler on my list. Okay. Because the Miami Heat, like, Tyler Harrow was able to keep them afloat for a while, and he probably should be the runaway six-man-of-the-year candidate now that he's, like, back to the bench. But, like, the truth of the matter is, like, if Jimmy Butler is healthy, he is a top, like, seven player in the league. Mm. Like, he contributes to every part of the game in an immense way. Uh, he's, a, he's a leader. Everybody listens to him. He's It's, it's just without a fact – or without a doubt that it's a fact that he is what he is. 24 points per game, 7 assists, 7 rebounds, amazing perimeter defense, a positive on every part of the court. Like, I don't care if he's played – how many games is Jimmy Butler up to? Are you on his uh, so, yeah, page? Yeah, so that's why I wanted to verify. Uh, Jimmy Butler has played 26 games, according to Basketball Reference, which I thought was a, a tick higher. Uh, sadly for this argument, Paul George has played the exact same number of games. See, I played the, like I said, I played the game with Jimmy Butler. I didn't play the game with Jim, with, with Paul George. That's just how I looked at it. You know, tough. I, I absolutely agree on Jimmy Butler being deserving. He is the best player on the Miami heat team when healthy. I completely agree. I don't have him as a top seven player necessarily, but he does absolutely flirt with the top 10. And, I mean, definitely flirting, like, or is just in the top 12 this season. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that's been non-existent for him has been the three ball this year. It's just not consistent. Sure. But if that's your one negative and you're still providing roughly 22, 6, and 6 on good efficiency and great defense, yeah, I'm fine. But here's the stretches of games that Jimmy Butler's been healthy for versus Paul George. You know, like, Jimmy started the year – like he he started the year hurt, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think he was recovering. Yeah. Uh, by off season. Yeah. yeah, he started the year hurt, and then he got then he got COVID protocols. Like Paul yep. George got a serious like leg injury, that we may think that that could potentially put him out for the rest of the year, and the Clippers may just tank. Like so, the scenarios are different of like the timelines of them being injured, like Jimmy Butler's commitment to becoming back to where the Clippers are. So it's two different situations. Yeah, for George, it was uh, – I'm pulling up here, basketball reference. Uh, George is going to be out at least a few more weeks. Um, it's actually his right elbow that needs more time to rest, according to Woj. Uh, and that was yesterday. So I certainly hope to see PG-13 back this season, but it doesn't look extremely likely. Um, and there could be a decent likelihood that the Clippers might use this time to try and cash out on some assets and properly reload for – when George is back at full strength, same with Kawhi. Yeah, I mean, like, Paul George, at the end of last year, an interesting fact, and I think I had the Clippers in the finals after they after they got to the Western Conference. Like, I picked them over the Suns. Like, by the time Game 4, Game 5 came around and they were down 3-1, they, the, the, they were plus-minus ahead in that series, like, right. in scoring. Like, right. they technically outscored the Phoenix Suns in four games, but they were down 3-1. to one. And Paul George is a legitimate facilitator now, but, uh, you know, so is Jimmy Butler. And Jimmy Butler is, is probably, if I vote him in now, he'll probably play in the All-Star game, whereas I don't know about that with Paul George. That's true. Okay, so your other two forwards. Other two forwards. I also have Jared Allen, the pro. Nice. So DeMar DeRozan, yeah, Jared yeah. Allen. But we, he, DeRozan isn't a forward. So then, so then do I count DeRozan as a guard and yes. now I have to knock Fred Van Vliet maybe off the team? He would fall to wild card because that's what happened to me. Nah. I'm just I'm, I'm telling you. I'm sorry I'm being stubborn here, but it's just the truth. 
Yeah, I I'm that's that's listen, that's a lot. I DeRozan is a guard according to the NBA, despite the fact he clearly is not one. Okay. So why can't we clearly just live with the facts? Oh my goodness. Okay, so here's my thing. Okay, then DeMar DeRozan is a guard. Okay. I'll put him over James Harden. I'm sorry, I agree with you there. James Harden Let's moves go. to my bench. Cool. Van Vliet moves to a wild card. Okay. And then I have to move a wild card out, which, you know, we already agree. Jimmy Butler, Jared Allen, you know, should be so, forwards. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. Who is your third forward? My third forward, so my two wild cards are technically guards. Yes, likewise. I went with Jalen Brown and Darius Garland. Okay. Are we going to call Brown a forward? I don't know. And if we can't call Brown a forward, then the truth is I have to sub him out for Tatum. Right. That's what I got stuck with. And I don't want to do that. I don't want to I don't. So I'm not going to. I'm going to live with the facts. Oh, jeez. Okay. So you <laughs> see what I mean? I so We'll just have 11 guys. Just have 11 guys in the All-Star <laughs> game for these. Jason Tatum's just like hanging out with his ruffles like, yeah, okay. Yeah. I'll miss out on this. Just yeah. like how I miss out on the most shots in the NBA right now. Oh, jeez. Yeah. He can he can sit with Deuce at home. No, I have the same trouble. Uh, Butler and Allen are easy All-Star picks for me. Shout out to the fro. He's been terrific. Another guy where it's like, okay, shooting 70% is impressive. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I, I, you know, it's – if you – no, I won't I won't go that far. There's no need for more go bear slander. Uh, Jared Allen has been terrific. Um, he is slowly expanding, you know, his bag of tricks around the rim, which is nice. He, he's so much more than just a lob threat. He's got a mid-range game. It's um, getting there. His it's, footwork yeah. is improving. Yeah legitimately when he's around the rim if i'm on the defense i'm scared he's oh absolutely he's finishing like his dunks and finishes are ferocious like he he goes up and he means to put it down probably because he's a shot blocker by by choice right. so he knows how to finish and how to get up there and be quick about it yeah no yeah exactly he's expanding his game and the Cavs are flourishing i think in part yeah i'm gonna call him the Cavs' best player i think he's the i think best we can argue most important. I I said I said in a in a in a right now in a PlayStation chat room. I said the most important player on the Cavs is Evan Mobley. Okay, I can't say that yet. He's a rookie. I I maybe next year. I think personally, just just for me, I feel like he's changed so much. And if you look at the team, like what has honestly the what is the biggest change? Like Colin Sexton going out, Garland became the front driver. See, as the point guard's one thing. Another year of experience under our wings, like Okoro and um, Osman, becoming an actual great three-point shooter. Okay, we like don't those. Talk about them. Yeah, he is though. We He's a marksman. You don't have to talk about them. It's okay. Okay, uh, but, but then like, and then you have Jared Allen and 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 Mobley down there, and they're both like I just think that the 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 mental aspect that Mobley brought to the team like gave them some confidence. Like, oh, we have this young bull that is keeping up with pros and is patient unlike most rookies and he's shooting very well from the field at times and like he's contesting everybody at the rim like i think he's influenced enough players in the Cavs and made them think that they could okay so wait then why is he not an all-star why is he not an all-star well he's also missed time he's had an elbow Apparently he's only missed one more game that's what i was that, double checking because i'm like mobley has missed time wait a second and then i yeah. went and looked and he he's played 37 games according to basketball reference allen's played 38 so why is Mobley not an all-star versus Allen? 
Right. But, I, well, yeah. The numbers, the production, he's not it's not there yet, but the way he produces I think is just differently and his impacts okay. are a little different. Like his his defense away from the ball, his help defense, it's everything Jared Allen is also doing. Like that know. that's all. That's why I'm calling Allen the best cavalier currently. But that's fine. I, I we agree. Mobley is gonna be the game changer moving forward. Okay, so we're basically in agreement uh, yeah. when it comes to Butler, Tatum, and Allen. We both don't really love the Tatum pick because Boston's offense is putrid to watch. I, and I, that really goes for every other team. I'm removing my Sixers fandom because the Sixers also have a really rough offense to watch. But at least there's, like, a plan. Yeah, when it comes to the Celtics, it's just, like, your turn. My turn, your turn, my Absolutely. turn. And it's just isolation ball. And they're the most disappointed team in basketball. Tatum, I think, is shooting a career low from the field and three. He's down right. to like 41, 42%. He leads the league in field goals missed this this year so far. Right. He also makes a lot of them because he has a lot of opportunities. He's scoring 25 a game. His rebounding is up, but he's not a, he hasn't improved as a playmaker, and he's hot and cold. Brown, I've I think, has had more highs. Right, but he's uh, missed time. He's missed a lot more time, but he's had more highs. I think his impact's a little bit better. And the other thing is there's too many forwards if I count DeMar DeRozan as a forward. Like, right. Even without counting DeMar DeRozan as a forward, there's a lot of forwards. But I do. Uh, there, I mean, there to me, there is and there isn't. I thought the East was guard-heavy this time around, especially in all-star consideration. I mean, we're leaving off LaMelo Ball, which is another big one. Are I think we? at least. I Are think so, we? at least. We'll I mean, find out. I mean, oh, wait, is he on we'll your list? We'll find out in wait. a second. I just want to – my one running joke for Tatum, uh, which I've done with Dwight Howard in the past – is because, you know, Dwight, I always said, like, on his great games, I'd call him, oh, we got Orlando Dwight tonight. You know, just watching him. And then, like, each iteration, each team he's been on, I'll say, okay, this is the iteration of Dwight we got tonight. When he's at his worst, he's a wizard. Dwight as a wizard is what we got. <laughs> Didn't he have a 30-30 game as a wizard, though? No, uh, that was a Bobcat. That was a Bobcat. Yeah, Hornets. 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 Not, he wasn't that old. But, yeah, exactly, uh, Bobcats. Uh. Shout out to the Bobcats. <laughs> What a terrible shout out that is. Uh, that's I'm gonna edit that um, <laughs> or leave it in just for the comedy's sake. We'll find out. No, no. Okay, so my Jason Tatum comparison for that is Kobe, but I take seasons of Kobe or age of Kobe. Jason Tatum has the Mamba mentality and shot selection of Kobe, but he's making them at like the 36 year old Kobe. Yeah, we're talking like 2020, like 18 Kobe, 2017 it's, Kobe. It's it's rough. It's really rough yeah. because Kobe had to take those shots as athleticism and injuries piled up. Or, excuse me, athleticism went away and injuries piled up. Tatum is far too healthy, far too in shape to not be more of a rim enforcer. Like, generate more rim pressure, get to the line more your game, and the Boston Celtics will thank you for it. But I said this going into this year, and I'm going to put this on record. Like, I think based on his – I'm just going to call it his bag, like his sure. bag of moves. I think Jason Tatum has more to give than any other isolation scorer in the league. Ooh, okay. Like, I think I think when it comes to, like, the way he can get to the rim, his – his his length, uh, you know, finishing over players, his his shooting ability from mid range and three pointer, like if he's on, he's a top ten player in the league, like especially offensively. Right. But right. like it's so all hot and cold. I think he gets in his head when it comes to a lot of things, and he's definitely not a leader. 
Like if mm. he's getting bullied by Marcus Smart on the sideline, and <laughs> and they're not even keeping that in house. Smart. I mean, Marcus Smart is a bully, but it's just oh, you geez. are the. But that team goes nowhere without you, Jason. Maybe you should remind him of that before he goes to the reporters. Yeah, I think it's. I think they're having chemistry issues, uh, to say the least. And I think the Celtics are just trying to find their identity, and then you know the ship can get turned around. You got too much talent on that team for them to figure out have an identity question. Uh, I mean, they're they're not the only ones, but we can go with Celtic slander uh, another time because the wild cards are very interesting as you said so Van Vliet as you have already stated would have been off of the bench but because the NBA doesn't realize DeRozan's a forward DeRozan's a guard and therefore Van Vliet gets bumped down to wild card is that correct still for you yeah well again I, I like the way I see it for sure <laughs> right, sure for sure, sure. But We're just like, operating off of the but NBA. If, we, if the NBA had to like step in and be like, no, no, DeRozan's a guard. I was mm-hmm. like, and I'm like, you liar. Um, you saw my letter. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, then it would everything would bump down. And then Fanfleet would become a wild card. Right. I don't like that universe though. No, no. Uh, it's we're not living in the best timeline. I feel like the last two years have been evidence of that. Sure. With that said, Fanfleet, bona fide all star. I want to give him more airtime, but it's also like I'm just going to repeat everything you said. Great defender. I think he leads the the league in miles traveled per game. He's like 2.2 miles a game. He's moving, dude. dude. He's got 38 minutes per game. He's running like he's. Oh yeah, it's 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 a lot of cardio work. Those calves are steel. Uh, yeah, no, he's been absolutely sensational. And the Raptors are they're creeping back in. Mm-hmm. They're making noise. Mm-hmm. But my last guy, I went back and forth. For this wild card spot, he is a guard, and I would completely understand three names here. One of which is Lamelo Ball, who did not make my list. Uh, Lamelo has been sensational. I think the Hornets themselves have just not gotten over the hump yet. Whereas these other two guards have been are on contending teams. They're in the playoffs, guaranteed. They're not fighting for the play-in. They're they got higher aspirations. So that's kind of what it came down to. LaMelo is going to be an all-star for years to come, so I'm not sweating it. The second guy who could be in consideration is Drew Holiday. Drew has been absolutely terrific this year. Defense has not gone down a lick, whereas his offensive importance and responsibility went up when Middleton was having a bit of a slump, as well as missing some time, and same with Giannis. So when the Bucks were missing their guys... Holiday was still helping them win games. And it's not to take away. The Bucks have a terrific team, but I think Holiday has just been such a complete guard. Um, both ends has been such a constitute professional uh, that he was my other consideration. With that said, my actual wildcard pick is Darius Garland of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Initially, a few weeks ago, I would have put Drew in this spot, but Garland, after watching a few more Cavs games, going through... Looking at their their standings, they are not here without Garland. Yeah, and here's the thing: like a lot of people see where the Cavs are standing, and they're surprised, and they'll see like a tweet or like a highlight. It's like actually watch the Cavs play. Like it's fun. They are fun to watch because they help out. They're energetic. They're off the bench. They're jumping around, and Darius Garland is just a wizard with the ball, like in a pick and roll situation. And we have great pick and roll players to play around him. He, and he's doing so well with a team that, on paper, doesn't feel super well-constructed around him because, you know, they're playing with 
essentially two bigs every single time, if not three. Four. I mean, Lamar Stevens is our two guard with a Coro <laughs> out, and he's six nine. Is he six nine? Lamar Stevens know. is six foot nine. That's he was Penn playing our, Stater, Lamar Stevens. Yeah, he's playing two guard for us. Six uh, nine. That's incredible. Yep, yep. I mean, I knew he was big, but that furthers the point that, or further evidence to the point that Garland has been sensational. I mean, you said that he's he is a wizard with the ball. He has, I mean, just like IQ far beyond his age already. Like the jump, I, the jump shot speeds there too. Yeah, I, I, everything about him at point, he's answered all the questions. Like, when Sexton went out, it was like, oh, man, we really thought, like, the Cavs are going to hit their ceiling with the two guards. But Garland has taken that responsibility and absolutely ran with it. Yeah, the way he reads a pick and roll is fantastic, and the fact that he has lob threats, decent shooting around him, and on the other end, like, he may be the weakest defender in the court, but, like, he's not a weak defender. Like, I'll go so far. Like, he plays scrappy. Two of those people are Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. Yeah, like, he's plays scrappy. He doesn't give up on plays. Like, if there's a ball that's loose or he's on the floor, he's, he's going at you. Like, he doesn't, like, he's motivated by the rest of that team. But, like I said, most of the time, he's in there with a lineup of Okoro, Markkanen, uh, Jared Allen, right. and uh, Mobley, which are all super pluses on defense. Right, and that definitely helps. And maybe if that roster doesn't look the same in a year or two, maybe we see the defense isn't quite there yet, but he's doing way too much on offense. And handling that responsibility so well, he has to be here. Uh, he's just short of 20 points a game, played 39 games already this season. And just a hair under eight assists. His passes too, like some of the some of the way that he just rolls them off his hand and stuff like that. Like it's it's all star worthy. I will say this though, if I want an if I if I'm looking at the NBA as a product standpoint, mm-hmm. one, Demar Derozan's still not a guard. We don't he's <laughs> he's not in Toronto. That's what we worry about. That's as one a thing. Product. He's not in Toronto anymore. Oh my god. So let's let's witness okay. it as a product. He's a forward. He's okay. a point forward. It's very fun to okay. to to accept the fact he's more than just an off guard. Okay. But no, I would want Lamelo Ball in the All Star game. I understand. Yeah, understandable. That is a fair take. And honestly, they're like I've heard the same exact case for Miles Bridges being a forward in the All Star game because. Mm-hmm. Bridges was on a very strong most improved campaign. I think it's gotten a lot closer. That race has gotten a lot closer for me. Um, there's more than a handful of players in consideration. Like Desmond Bain. Like Desmond Bain, like DeJounte Murray, uh, among others. But, yeah, I, I completely understand. LaMelo is a star <laughs> regardless of what team he's playing for. He's got, like, dedicated fan base. Um, but he's also been terrific. So, yeah, I, I understand the rationale. Like, when it comes to highlights, I think he had, like, if you take the best highlights of the year, like, he has one, probably two of them, depending on how long your list is. Oh, sure. Yeah, his his highlight reel is already extensive this, this far into the season. And Charlotte is, it's not like they're a bad basketball team. They are good. They're, they are fun, especially fun to watch. On one um, side of the court, they're fun to watch. On the other <laughs> yeah, side of the court, it's true. embarrassing. This is true. Yeah, my propaganda uh, from the beginning of this season is, although I don't want to see it necessarily as a fan, I want to see it, DeAndre Ayton to the Charlotte Hornets. This, the Suns don't pay Ayton, which I think they will at this point. But if James Jones says, nah, we're, we're, we're biting the bullet, Ayton, go to Charlotte, man. It would I like be that. incredible. That's actually kind of interesting. 
because that would change them defensively. I mean, they get to move on from having Cody Zeller and they don't even Brent. have Cody Zeller anymore. It's PJ Washington. Oh yeah. Well, oh, what did they goodness. cut him? Did they cut Zeller? I think Zeller's a Portland Trailblazer now. Oh, he's a Trailblazer now. Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, that's the other thing. They keep talking about trying to trade PJ Washington, and he's the best defender I think on the team. I, God, it's that is not saying much. Yeah. So I, I completely understand the rationale for Lamelo being All Star. I just think Garland deserves his shine. I think the Cavs deserve credit. They've proven nearly everybody wrong. There were not many people saying the Cavs were going to be good. Matter of fact, I saw the ESPN preseason rankings again. I was going through them. Do you want to take a guess out of the 30 NBA teams where Cleveland ranked? I'm going to say less than 26 or less. 26 on the dot is yeah. where the Cavaliers were ranked. Yeah, out of 30. Yeah. yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah, they look sensational. It, and it starts. Shout out to Bickerstaff. J- about to say, we got JB. Old Grizzlies assistant. Uh, yeah. yeah. This is this is just my thing, and I don't want to get too too much on the Cavs because I feel like they we could have a whole discussion on them. Absolutely. But this team isn't a hundred percent healthy, hasn't been a hundred percent healthy, and will not be a hundred percent healthy for sure. the rest of the year. True. Because we lost two guys that are supposed to be playing twenty five to thirty minutes per game. Mm. Instead, we're rocking with guys like uh, Brandon Goodwin, who I who I like. I like right. Goodwin as a backup point guard. Um, but he's not Rubio. He's, he's not Sexton. He's not Rubio. He's not Sexton. We're playing guys like Lamar Stevens, which is nice. It's like, oh wow, we add a a six eight six nine guy with some mobility to help guard people. He had a twenty point game like a few nights ago, which was kind of crazy to see. A lot of it just rim rushing. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, we're playing guys that are like getting their chance along with guys that are growing into star caliber players, including a one year player. Right, like right. Uh, it's it's a weird hodgepodge that has us at the fifth in the Eastern Conference, and we're competing with teams like Philadelphia, who has established who has an established MVP candidate, you know, for seeding. So I can't be happier, you know, other than the fact that you know I have one regret, and that's that I w- did for like a week or two want to trade for Ben Simmons. No, <laughs> yeah. I did. I did. And looking back at it, I mean, we if we're going to make hey, that I mean, deal. Hey, I mean, Garland's available, Gar- you know. No, that ship has sailed. <laughs> no. <laughs> I remember, because that was the discussion before the year. It's like, yeah. okay, one of these guards plus marketing or Endor Love. Right. And let's make the deal happen. And right. it's like, okay, well, which guard do you want? And it's like, well, we know what guard Cleveland wants now. Right. Oh, absolutely. The one that's, yeah. that is playing. Right. Yeah. And playing at an all-star level. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. So, real quick, before we end the podcast, let me say yeah. this. Colin Sexton and Kevin Love, is that deal going to happen? It's not. Uh, if we're turning down, if the Sixers are turning down Tyrese Halliburton, Harrison Barnes, Buddy Heald, and Picks, because Matisse Thibel's included, nah, there's no way Sexton, there was who's a, out, he's there was out. another deal that they proposed to the Sixers. Oh, who was it? Someone are you talking about Detroit's? Oh, yo, that was a crazy deal they proposed. Sadiq Bay, Jeremy Grant, Kelly Olenek, and a first-round pick for yeah. just Ben Simmons? Yeah, it was Ben Simmons. I could have sworn they asked for something else. I mean, Simmons was a headline player. He was basically the only I, they player. Made, they might have asked for another player, but like from I mean, what I understood. Pick, but yeah, yeah, exactly. But from what I understood, it wasn't like it, like Thibel wasn't on the page. Or right, Maxie right. wasn't on the page, no, which, no, no, no. which is the deal breaker, right? Here's the, I mean, but here's the thing. Like, look, that is a good trade package, but it's not a good trade package for the 76ers. Sure, because you guys aren't getting a guard or a playmaker back. Exactly. But like at the end of the day, you're getting a like two very good three and D wings and a center that could back up and beat a lot better than Drummond can. 
I, I mean, I don't even think Drummond's been a negative this season. I think we're just projecting what will happen in the playoffs, that Drummond won't be nearly as successful as an option because, obviously, you know, he's not the best uh, matchup for opposing teams. But or is a good matchup, I, guess, I should say, I guess, for opposing teams. But Kelly Olynyk is not – he can't stay healthy. That's one concern. He is a, uh, an improvement in terms of the offensive side of the ball. I just don't see it. I don't I don't love it. Sadiq Bey, I think we're missing the defense part of that 3-D three, three and D combination. I do like Sadiq Bey a lot. He's got the build, and he's young. He could do it. Absolutely. He's a terrific prospect. And Jeremy Grant is essentially a one-year rental who has stated multiple times he wants to essentially be the number one option on the team. Of course, which will not exist in Philly, nor should it really exist on – any other teams, if say, any other. I'm about to say, if he's a second, if he's like a third or fourth option, he could be like one of the best third or fourth options in the NBA, which he for was, sure. which he was for the Denver yeah, Nuggets. Yeah, he got to show out his offense in Detroit, but you're not going to get the same looks uh, anywhere else. Point being, if you're rejecting these trades, then and and listen, Dame Lillard, another guy we didn't name in either mm-hmm. one of these two episodes. He's not an all star. Uh, no, no health has true. a lot to do with it. But this he has these oblique injuries. He's on the wrong side of thirty one. Are you just going to sit here and wait for him to, before he's out of his prime? Like who knows? Maybe he comes back and he can to have like two and a half good years. Listen, all I'm saying is the deals that the Sixers are rejecting right now are blasphemous. I I think I think I look. I understand why yourself and many other fans are saying rejecting these deals is blasphemous i think maury and company are truly just waiting toward to the offseason and they're they're only going to be curtailed if a huge deal drops on their lap yeah and i mean that could still happen i think there is a look if it was tobias harris and ben simmons for that king's package that we talked about i think they pull the trigger on that okay i think they're really saying thibault is an asset aside from Joel Embiid. Thibel is a tremendous defensive player and is one of the reasons why, like, the defense is at least league average. But if you remove Thibel, I mean, it probably isn't going to be league average anymore. I can tell you that. No, because I mean, Halliburton's a young prospect, but not an elite defender. Barnes is past his prime, was never an elite defender necessarily in, in his prime, and Buddy Hield is not that either. So it's a good package. I just think that they're, you know understandably so, hesitant to include Thibel and not even consider Maxi. I mean, Maxi's truly isn't untouchable, as crazy as that may sound. He's simply just far too productive. I just I just will be pissed off if we get to, like, the middle of February and it's a trade deadline and one of these deals we've been talking about actually happens. It's going to upset me a lot. Oh, right. But, but good for Daryl for being the guy that has the entire league – just biting their fingernails, just waiting for something to happen. It's always what he does, but now it's something that he doesn't do that now has the league just in, right. enthralled. So good for Daryl Morey. B- big win for him. Yeah, it'll, it look, I mean, <laughs> Philly fans are going to want his head on a spike, though, if uh, we get to, like, next August and Ben Simmons is still on this team. There's a chance. And, yeah, unfortunately there's a chance. I mean, there are there has been speculative reports to suggest that the NBA draft for next season is when Ben Simmons can be moved, which is just like good grief, man. That's just that's just looking at opportunities to trade him, and the fact of the matter is, like if you're a betting man, are you going to bet that he's going to be moved before the third week of February? Yeah, no, not this season. 
That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, I no, would... I'm I'm betting Ben Simmons is moved in the offseason. And any later, the Sixers uh, will have to fight immense forest fires when it comes to fandom. Joel Embiid may request a trade by then. Who knows? I, I, unfortunately, that is a, a, a potential reality. Yeah. So, but anyway, we shall see. Just wanted to end it with that little discussion because, you know, we live in Philadelphia and we have to talk about Ben Simmons when it comes to basketball. Oh, yeah, we will be addressing Ben Simmons uh, further on future episodes of Not Just Dribble. But that does it for this episode. Appreciate everyone tuning in. Cody, do you have anything you want to plug before we head out? Not necessarily want to plug, but just uh, just appreciate being being here, uh, getting back in the room, recording stuff. You know, this is kind of like a passion of mine, so I'd love to be here. I'd love to be here whenever you can have me. Appreciate it, man. Absolutely. We will have you on in future episodes, to be sure. Uh, thanks again, everyone. Catch you next time.